Welcome to the Rise Collective Podcast with me as your host, Carrie Jordan Barrett. This is a podcast devoted to incorporating ancient ways into our contemporary lives and enlivening the physical world with spirit. I hope that this episode will enable you to open a portal to remembering your unique ancient wisdom. It is my honor to hold this place together and hear stories and teachings from our relations. Before we begin, I like to make a prayer and call in our benevolent guides. We humbly give thanks for your assistance and support today. May our listeners hear what they need to hear in service of their highest good. And so it is. Welcome to the Rise Collective Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Sweet Medicine Nation again for the third time on the podcast. You can go back into the archives of the podcast and check out the other episodes where she has shared her wisdom and gifts. She's dedicated her life to offering opportunities for people to experience conscious and deep connection with nature and with spirit through indigenous education, ceremony, and rites of passage. She's been doing this work for over 35 years, hosting ceremonies and supporting people in rediscovering their birthrights. Sweet Medicine offers guidance sessions and soul purpose readings where she reads the palms of your hands and your fingertips to help you uncover your life purpose. I'm very excited to share with you that Sweet Medicine is launching her second group of apprenticeship students, which is going to be enrolling until March 7th. To inquire with Sweet Medicine about her new apprenticeship program, you can send her an email at swtmedicine.com at gmail.com. Let's get into the episode. My prayer is that whatever needs to come through from spirit comes through us and that our listeners hear what they need to hear in service of their highest good. My prayer for today is that we're in this new moon that helps us to understand it's not just about us, that we are together that we can and what we do send out a ripple in all directions to the listeners and also those that will hear this maybe later. May we be remembering that we're not just the physical, but we also have this connection of spirit. Let it be so. Aha. Thank you, sweetie. Welcome, Sweet Medicine, to the Rise Collective Podcast. I'm so happy to welcome you for your third time on this podcast. I feel like the grandma here. I I feel like uh, an anchor or a family member. So that's really wonderful to come. And in my support of you and those that you serve who listen, And those that in time may come to find this later, you know, we never know what we leave behind. May this message go out to touch hearts and souls that we may be at a higher and a better service on this planet. Thank you. Yes, you feel like a family member to me and a grandma to me. Mm -hmm. 
And to many, your grandma, sweetie, to many. <laughs> yeah. What have you been tracking out in the collective during this time? There's so much going on. And I feel like a few years ago, we were saying the same thing. There's so much going on, so much transformation. And it just keeps seeming like more and more and more upheaval. I'm curious what you're tracking. I'm, I would say in, I was just doing sort of a timeline of last year because today I got some memories that came up on Facebook and I sent those memories off to Chile and the people in Chile are going to vision quest right now. So it's, it's interesting because it's the second one they've done in Chile because of the quarantine, the, the, the ability not to do sweat lodges or, you know, get together in um, level one areas. So what I saw in this tracking is really fascinating to me. I think we are really accelerating to the evolution we've all prayed for. So if I could say one thing, you know, we ask for basically the moon in a way and the sun to help us. And we forget what birth would feel like and what that change from being sort of amphibian inside of water floating to coming out into air and feeling elements and sounds and seeing colors. And I believe that this year for me has been like that. I've seen what really matters to me. And I also see how many different of the guardians, or you might call them planets, that came in alignments, different alignments, sort of like the three kings or the fairy godmothers or however you want to look at that and realizing that we're moving through space. So for me, that means we're, we're not in the same place. So we have to change our our frequency, our sensitivity, clean our bodies more, more people are going back to plant-based eating. I mean, the ideas are expansion and never in history have we had so many people doing personal growth, like coaching uh, at every level, people have been giving guidance. So for me, it's been pretty full my days have, I'm, I'm trying to simplify them and to, to present a presentation. The people that I do apprenticeships with, they're sort of like a big family, the new family, but they have crisis are going on, you know? So we're, I'm always filling my day with, at the end of the day going, wow, I didn't get what I want to get done because there's so many people who I want to communicate with and to support. So I feel like I've been a guide saying, it's okay, come on. This isn't just about us. And there is a bigger, like I was saying, there is a vision quest going on. And vision quest is an ordeal. It's not something that we're, that's gonna be simple and beautiful and lay by the beach and drink your smoothie. This is something that really requires us to let go certain things to gain faith in ourselves and the things that matter around us noticing all of that and um, it's got me to be in great appreciation 
that this time he is asking us to evolve. And I think that Darwin would be surprised at how fast we've evolved over time, short time. And we're absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like this metaphor that you're using of the birth, like how, how challenging birth is for mother and child and, and also vision quest is a new birth. It's a, a death and a birth and an ordeal, like you say, mm-hmm. and this yeah. changing of frequency definitely resonates with me. I, th- I think that that is what's happening here on this planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just taking the idea, it isn't just about the mother and the child, you know, there's a father involved in all of this and, the metaphor I would use for that is that things have to be just seen for what they are. And there isn't full participation in the birthing pain and the, the, oh, the bodies squeezing out and pushing in such convulsive ways that are hard to describe to the husband that's sitting there holding hands or, or being in another room, even like many of us had fathers that were not there. So we have this sense of, do we support one another? Or is it just about me? And I'm just having this experience and darn, I want this to stop. Why can't we get done with this? You know, a lot of people are impatient, but the beauty and the reward of what comes in life when new life is in our hands, it's like all those things that it took so hard that we lost you know, we lost our, even our ability to keep our wits about us, you know, screaming that all of that somehow brings forth this incredible new life, which we are about to go into. And so I, I, I really see it as um, birthing the new era and including in that, what is the divine feminine really mean about this time right now and is it just for women no it's men are really included in this and it's a time for that reunion to renew and bring forth together uh the collaboration and the communication the languaging about kindness and doing something that will change the way all the things we didn't like before we put up with we have an opportunity now to say, nope, I'm not putting that in a suitcase. That one's going to goodwill. That one I'm going to give away. That one's going to die a death. Mm-hmm. So we have this beautiful, incredible, clear presence in front of us we can't get away from. So it, it requires us to really see the things that are happening that we say is to us because we're alone or isolated. A lot of people are feeling the unknown, like it's scary for them to gain the faith in you that you're okay. Check, check everything out. The fingers and toes, the eyes, the ears are all working. So then what? Okay. Maybe it's not just about us. Maybe it's a collective, like collective grief, collective birth. You know, the grief is big. We are going through a huge amount of grief. And like grief, there's shock first. Like if there's a death, we're dying. We're dying an old culture, an old system. Globally, it isn't just one culture. 
it's all of us. And each place has its own way that they do that. We're not so good at death. We yeah. kind of push it over there. So here we are. We're looking at our own death of the old thoughts and what's on the other side that we can't really see yet, but I get a sense and a calling is that we're going to have this incredible, exquisite, and it might take 10 years, you know, but we're moving things that have been around for thousands of years that we've just said, oh, it's them. You know, we projected it on that country. Oh, too bad they're having that happen. It's all of us now. So what will we do? So it's clarifying our minds, clearing our systems, preparing our bodies to be healthier. And if we were pyramids or if we were teepees or if we were temples, we're preparing for this light that is, you know, beyond a dogmatic religion we're calling forth the spirit back on mother earth in us, in our own way, and then linking to everybody else's. So it's a big thing we're going through right now and challenging, but will be rewarding. And nobody knows how to do it. So we get to choose and try it. That's, it's fresh. It's, it's like the snow that fell last night, you know, 10 inches of snow, fresh, new, go make a snowman, make a snow angel. So, Let's get excited about that. We get to explore this. I love listening to your perspective because it's, it's so resonant with me and it seems really unique to you. It's, it's something that I've never heard anyone say it this way, the way that you're describing it. And it's both really resonant, like I have a knowing of it and it's refreshing as well because it's, new, like the snow that you're talking about. And to me during this time, it seems to me that it's very important more now than ever to be in devotion and deep commitment to our purpose and to our path, our unique path. And it seems to me that having a spiritual teacher is part of that because we need someone to keep us in line. Many of us need someone to keep us in line. So I'm curious, that, curious if that resonates for you and, and do you think it's important to have a spiritual teacher? And if so, why? Well, my own experience was kind of on my own for a while, but from bumbling, even as a young child, there ended up always being someone, an adult that said, Hey, come over here. Let's sit down. Did you look in the tree? Did you see the bird up there? Do you know what that bird's doing? Or, you know, just call me in from a child's perspective and give me a teaching. And when I look back, and doing a timeline is really a good way of looking at your life. You know, it's 70 decades. What has happened to me? Because seven's a sacred number, right? It's, it's when we come into our noble human, like the, the human that has responsibility has gone through a lot. I just see all the people who were my, I don't know if they were teachers, they were guides. They, they gave me perspective. My parents didn't give me 
a church didn't give me. And they always had this, this feeling or energy from them that I could trust them and I would do or remember what they said. So it's like here, it's, it's, it's cellular for me. And I repeat what they said to me many times to other people. I, I, I've questioned this, you know, is teachings important? And I say, yes. What I feel I'm more of is a guide, but I do and have taught classes for years and years and years called the hoop teachings, which I'm calling them. Now. And um, what it means to me is keeping lineage alive. So not only am I teaching or sharing, because that's all I can really do. To teach is something that you're drumming into somebody in my kind of our, our educational system that you have to do this. But what I'm hoping is to open perspective, consideration, ideas. And that's what my elders did for me. But my elders were connected to a lineage. And this lineage is people who kept, kept these teachings alive, you know, throughout time. I mean, I can talk back from... Oyari Shinko Wakan, Martin Hybert, David Swallow Sr., uh, Brave Buffalo, Fool's Crow. I can go way back with all of those in my lineage of indigenous learning, perspective of natural ways. So what I was told is I give you these so that you can carry them forward, however they work for you. Never thinking I would be doing this. And here I am today, after 20 some years, taking back all these teachings and saying, wow, I guess if I'm going to leave something behind, I better get with it. You know, it's like your test is tomorrow. You never know. And with COVID and, you know, just at the age brackets that we start to get in, what does an elder do? So sharing. And what I'm doing is passing the apprenticeship program on to those that will maintain it, that will stay the course and, and learn. And it, it doesn't matter if it's just, you know, an Instagram teaching and they hear me one time and they remember me throughout time, that piece of those that gave their lives holding this cord of language, songs, teachings continue. What do we as parents, you know, as women, as men, what do we leave behind that matters? It's, it's our deeds, it's what we do, and it's our perspective of how we see life. So those that I would call my teacher, it was like they gave what you just said about me, this fresh perspective like I never had heard anyone of nature or universe we're, we're in a universe we're in a huge soup called the universe and i never heard that you know i was raised with god being a man and not that that's bad but who created that i never thought about it it wasn't part of my perspective and in the indigenous way we say great mystery not like to put a personage on it but in the choctaw because we're a matriarch we see it as a female that birthed everything, all the planets, all the stars, you know, and it just keeps getting handed down. So I, I honor them for what they just said. 
And I honor that somehow my little recording system found that so interesting that I'd go home and I'd write it down and keep those journals for years of their teachings. So impact, you know, what impacts us? What touches our life and explodes that light to go, I'm curious about this. This is what I want to do. And then align with, we call it medicine. It's really something in us though. It's our medicine that goes, it's time. And it's like going to university. You decide, I want to study this. And so I'm doing these uh, apprenticeship programs uh, along with teaching people the sole purpose, which is the ultimate vision quest. It comes in when you're born. What, what is your contract with the universe to be on earth? And what are you going to do is serve and give back? So I know you enough to know that this is what you're giving. You're leaving behind for your daughter, you know, from, for her children's children's children. The fascinating part about this is that there are these sayings. We leave this behind. We make this prayer for the next seven generations. Well, what happens to the eighth, ninth, and tenth? Well, what I have been shown, so I've been shown this, but also I was told this, and it was just an idea. We are the eighth generation. We come back. So what we're doing is we're laying out the pathway we're preparing a new, let's say like a foundation. And it has a walkway that goes up to where that front door to this new era is going to be. And so we're, we're preparing for us to return. You know, indigenous people don't talk about reincarnation, but I'm going to use that word here. And I just, I figured that you blend it all together and everybody's going to hear something that matters to them. But if you've ever heard them say, I make this prayer for the next seven generations, well then, you know about this, uh, and then I had an amazing download. We are the eighth, and eight means infinity, continuation. You know, it's kind of the them and us. It's kind of like the sperm and the egg it creates another life, and then it leapfrogs forward for the next eight generations till we come back again. So what I know is we're accumulation of the medicines we have been before. And we prepare to be here now to witness and to be born in this time. And those that cross to the stars during this time, they're preparing for being over there and the ninth, get ready for us when we come. So I'm just saying, Having a teacher is a part of a continuation. And what I want to continue is what's true. What real faith is, is trusting. You can take the next step and you're going to be held. Everything's going to be there that you need. You're going to have the knowing. So I, I feel that a guide, you know, I, I feel like being the wisdom keeper that I am. I keep knowledge that other people don't have. And this is something I had to learn. First of all, I, I just kind of poo-pooed it thinking as I was growing, well, other people must have this. I just don't know everybody. So obviously they have it too. And once in a while, I'll find somebody who's having the same thoughts I am. And I go, okay, there's another person. But we're all pollinated in different areas. 
to serve as we can from where we're at. So I just accept what I'm doing and do the best I can with offering my apprenticeship programs and these other things like the sole purpose reading for people want to know what is my medicine? What am I to do here? And I just do guidance when people are stuck. I do what elders do come and talk to me. We'll see what we can figure out together. Mm. Yeah. I like what you said about we are an accumulation of our medicines and I had this thought, I had this thought that how do we remember what our, our medicines have been before? Mm-hmm. Is that a question to me? Oh, yeah. Okay. I imagine people would like to hear your answer to that. Well, we are not flat like the earth. <laughs> I mean, in the sense of we're not laying on the ground like where the grass grows and the rocks are. We're like the standing nation. We stand up. And what I've learned about trees, uh, especially here in the Ponderosa pine forests, right now they're being covered with this beautiful shawls of white. They're antennas. Inside of us is a windpipe. This windpipe brings in what's outside and releases what we don't need anymore. So that oxygen can feed us. At the same time, we're taking in memory and we're taking in messages. So we know how Zoom works. We know how a radio station works. We know TV, you know, it's a magical thing. We have to look at it, but it's the same form of receiving. And one of the, the most beautiful processes I think I've ever learned was just watching waves. I grew up in Hawaii and first it was on the beach because I didn't know how to surf. Then eventually it was out in the water and coming in on the shore. Then I took up the surfboard and then I started hang gliding. So air, I start understanding about oxygen and air from my experience of just these sports and trusting it water and air, you know, watching the current. And what it dawned on me when I heard the first person say, you can receive. I think it received what? And they go, well, you know, like in the Bible, all those, those are receivings. Those are stories. And some people channeled. And then there are these people that know things from ancient times, Dalai Lamas, you know, it's like, did you know that you're channeling? I'm channeling. What's that? And, you know, we're commoners. We don't get to do those things. We're not somebody special. But each one of us has a radio antenna connection in our electromagnetic, if I can go into sort of science, and our quantum beingness. We use that word and everyone knows what it could mean, could mean, because we, we're not understanding it fully, but we're being it we have we send out an energy how do indigenous people know where is the food where is the game hearing the mind but the the most crispest is contemplating life just being still observing life doing these ceremonies that 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 i teach people 
is that the sacred arrow ceremonies are so profound just to sit with the tree. Let it be the higher antenna, but send our energies up. So we were meant to communicate outside of ourselves, outside of someone else in the room. So I can think about you and instantly you send me a message. And I write you back and say, I was just thinking about you, just like I did with this woman in Chile this morning. Oh, here's a memory. But I've been thinking about you for about three days. She writes me back. She goes, please pray for me. I'm going to go do my first vision quest. And I was like, well, give me the dates. You know, it's like, I was just thinking about you for days. So this is, you know, this is the receiving. If you have that experience where you're thinking about your cousin you haven't seen in 12 years, the phone rings, you pick it up. Hello, you probably don't remember me. I'm your cousin. And you're going, I was just thinking about you. Or the phone rings and you know who's on there. Okay, so we can receive. This episode of the Rise Collective podcast is sponsored by the Rise Collective. The Rise Collective is a wise women's council with a rotating cast of wise women. Members get weekly video workshops, monthly energy healings with Karen Roberts, a Slack community, and an opportunity to teach their unique medicine if they so choose. The membership launches only a few times a year, so head to the risecollective.org slash program to get on the wait list. Out here in our quantum field is all that we've ever experienced and everybody else's experiences, including animals. So we can extract that. We have, as we clear ourselves, you know, we will have knowing. But also, if you have someone who's the translator, we'll call it the guide, the teacher, then you go, oh, this is what they were saying. That was my experience. Oh, my gosh, this is what so-and-so told me so long ago, and now I'm experiencing it. So, again, we're getting a manual, either insightfully coming into us, and that's what I always pray about. Let that be as clear. If you want me out of here because we're about to have 20 days of snow, then you better tell me really strongly, right? So I was nervous and then I decided no. And it got me to go read the past years. I usually leave here in December, early December. But this will be my first winter here. And I'm going to experience what winter is like. You know, so reading that, the temperatures and things that people said makes you more confident. So I got the insight. It's okay. Woke up in the morning. No concern. Okay. I just need to do what I need to do. So receiving, contemplating, some people say meditating, that's what they call it. But I really think contemplation is a relaxed witnessing of life. Like, Right now, it's snowing outside. It's a beautiful witnessing. And at the same time, I have thoughts. So I can speak to you about this topic and contemplating what really matters to say. And so I get out of the way and let that just flow through me. And that's what wisdom is. It's not just mine. It's ours. It's for all of us. I don't possess it. But if I don't share it, it ends with me until someone says something about me or someone says, sweetie, you should do this. 
for that. Oh, I did that ceremony with her. I remember when we used to come to Chile and Brazil and Mexico, are you coming? You know, people are asking me. And so I've been asking the question, what do you remember? What was your favorite part of, you know, when I was there? What were we doing? Just so that we have something in that moment to take forward into now. So thanks for asking. That's a good question. Yeah, clearing, allowing, receiving, and this image of the trees, like being a tree and having the antenna, the channel that allows, and they so effortlessly they bring in their carbon dioxide and breathe out the oxygen for us. I'd love to hear more about the hoop teachings that your apprenticeship is based on. Okay. Well, it's such a long time ago now, but I, I was in my 20s and I had just for a few years, I was too busy trying to be a mother, single mom of two, and also working and living uh, my kids would say maybe the hippie life, but I never saw myself as a hippie. I saw myself more as somebody living off the land, living with the land and more natural. And I, I, I started looking around and, you know, I knew that I had Choctaw, Chickasaw blood, but I didn't really know anybody to teach me other than the things I remembered from my childhood. So I started exploring and I received a teacher out of nowhere, like a person I never expected to receive. And um, I went to her off and on. And also I called her a lot. So it was easier that way with the family, eventually getting married and having even more complexity in your life. Um, And so she started the teachings when she was almost getting ready to cross over, then a grandfather taught me. So I, like I told you, when I hear something important, I would go home and I would keep a journal. I'd write down these things that I learned, draw symbols, because they used to teach me in the dirt with a stick, making these beautiful symbols, you know? And so I would go home and draw the circle and make the diagrams that I remembered before I, you know, would lose that Um, I thought anyway. So what happened fast forwarding is that when my grandmother teacher was finished teaching me and she she was close to her crossing for 14 years, I got to be with her, which was lovely. What was her name? Her name was Speaks for the Earth. Wow, that's so beautiful. Yeah, her name was Speaks for the Earth. And she was a, she was pretty a solitary person, but she taught a lot of people. She lived outside of Mount Shasta and that same area where my mother grew up and the Lassen Indians and, you know, people like indigenous people in those days, they kind of hung out together. It didn't matter what tribe they were. They, they hung out. Anyway, she was very esoteric. That's what I thought of her later. Wow, she was so esoteric. You know, we talked about stars, planets as beings. We talked about the count of 20 count of that, that we use and like a calendar or a counting of a a month and how she taught me about my moon time. And I had already lost it after my daughter was born. I had a hysterectomy. And so no more moon time. 
And so she taught me these things to recover what I lost, what I didn't know, or, and then the clicks were happening for me. I was waking up. And so when she was almost like maybe the last three years of her life, she asked me to go out and teach what I had learned. And I just, I went, no, I, I can't do this, but I, I attempted it as part of my initiation and test and I failed beautifully. I started out with six people and ended up with two and then finally told my husband, I'm not doing this anymore. It's too much effort for two people. Not ever thinking about those two people were probably very important. And when I look back now, I realize they're some of my oldest friends in Oregon. So it's fascinating, though we've gone different ways. They're still walking the red road. So it's like, okay, every bit counts. So then... I've done big organizations, Four Winds Community Foundation. I've done tons of all over the world, uh, initiation ceremonies, vision quests, sun dances, to come back to a time where I'm here. It started last year. It's like, you know what? What can I do? I can't travel. Okay, well, I can do sole purpose because thank goodness for Zoom. I learned Zoom. I'm still learning Zoom. And at the same time, it dawned on me how many people were dying of elders. And I realized the importance of the volumes of knowledge that I carry. Not with the ego, but just like, well, if my children aren't learning it from me, then I'm going to teach my spiritual community children and anyone who wants to learn. So then I started looking at the apprenticeship again, not, not just teaching. So the apprenticeship goes for two years. If someone will stay the course, hopefully physically with me at some times, but um, right now I do it in six month increments. And what I think about an apprenticeship is, is like, it's a taster for the first six months. Is this what you want to do? But as a commitment, stay the course for the six months. Cause that's what I was taught. It was little increments. Commit to going this far. You know, we could say like next year. Okay, that's that would be two sessions. Then you look at it again, you go through initiation and you go to the next. So I'm taking a five-year apprenticeship and putting it into two. And in doing that, what I'm realizing is that it's pulling up in me the excitement to pass this on. So there are some people who have been with me for eight years. Some people have been with me for 20 years that are just taking the apprenticeship program. There are people who pour water, there are people who, who have danced a uh, Sundance, but they never got the teachings. They only were going through the steps or learning a song, but they never got, what is the teachings underneath this? Why do we call it a sacred hoop? Why do we have four quadrants? What, are, what is the moon call? Like this is our otter moon, you know? It's like, okay, what is that about? And how does that relate to me? And then I'll see out through my medicine that's awakened up to seeing where I can take it in my life. So I ask people to wait for the first year, and then I will do the first initiation of, of them being able to do certain things, you know, to teach certain things. And then I'll teach the next year. Hopefully it'll be a lot more physical. And um, so I realize it's not the number. 
even if I only have one that goes all the way. But I have people who are already been with me for years, but they they dropped out or they had to go out of country and now they're back in country because Zoom allows me to be everywhere in the world. And so that's what Spirit has guided me. Uh, a big download or channeling. I got very clear. It just hit me very hard one morning in the shower in Brazil. I needed to do this. And I was reluctant. I was reluctant that people were ready for this or they want this. But in my first apprenticeships, it was all Brazilians. And then the next one is 28 women. I did just women because of Spirit Weaver. Most of them were either people I met in Brazil um, or Ireland or in the United States, Mexico, Chile. And now I'm going on to teach a brand new one starting in March that will be international and it will be men and women because we need our, our warriors. We need our men to be a part of this. And I'm a woman and I know sometimes it's hard to have a teacher guide that's a woman, but what the men's groups tell me, because I'm in lots of men's groups that are just exclusive men. And I'm the one that's there sitting going, wow, how did I get here? And what they tell me is that teachings or the information has no gender. And we'll carry it on with lots of love and appreciation for what you've given us. So that's kind of what I'm doing now. And so that starts a new session starts in March and we'll go through July. And then we will take a little break probably in June and then, I mean, uh, August and then start again in September for the second part. Hopefully we can all get together in September. That would be ultimate and bringing all of my apprentices together. The ones that are the first and the second, you know, so, but that's something they can, anybody can join me by just going on sweetmedicinenation.com. Thank you. I have a question and the first thing that's coming up is that I feel so happy that you're offering this apprenticeship because I remember a couple years ago and I feel emotional remembering this. And I was emotional in the moment that I that we were together in the hood forest. I had vision quest. <laughs> And I was, I was so feeling very concerned that you, that I wasn't seeing you pass on your wisdom in the way that your teachers were doing it. And I asked you about it and you said something to me that seemed very profound. Let me see if I can remember what it was. It was, I want to get the words right. It was something like, I can't remember exactly, but it was maybe you'll be pinged by this. Something like when my teachings become you, then I will have done my job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that moment. It's very, it stood out for me because 
it was an awakening. It was a, being a leader is not easy. Let me just say that. And we're humans too. And so in the process of sharing, sometimes things fall apart and, and we're not sure, or people, people move because of their jobs or a death in the family and they need to go back home, you know? And so here are the people that you thought were going to be with you and now they're gone. That troubled me because of the kind of heart I have. If I pray with people, I want to stay with them. It's, it, I must've been a mother goose or something. I feel like I have children everywhere and it's a deep love. So in that moment, what you were asking me, it felt like being on the precipice of a death or choice or ending of something. And I remember, I remember exactly the way I was sitting facing you in the forest. You were crying and you're trying to get the words out then too. And, and I remember as we talked, we drew others in because they could hear what we weren't hiding anything, but this importance about, I know I've done my job when you are practicing the medicine that I passed on. And what, what occurred even after that, that camp and two camps later, I had no idea that would be the last one I would have for a while. And it was, it was fraught with the normal um, experiences for people that go on the mountain and are doubting, you know, that they're doubting. But we had an international group that year, people from Mexico. We had people from Brazil. It was just a really amazing. And I found the picture the other day going, never in our wildest dreams did we think we wouldn't be doing a vision quest the next year. So in 2020, the forest caught on fire. No vision quest. Can't have a fire. Okay. And can't be in the forest. Now it's COVID. It's like, oh my gosh. And what that brought up was look at the seeds that you've blown, like the, you know, the dandelion wish. And people are saying, coming out of the woodwork, going, I see your thing about vision quest. I want to do this. And of course, most of them are closed. So I'm very surprised that in Chile, my brother friend is is doing one. I mean, a second one, because the first one was closed off because of the lockdown in Chile. So what I want to say is when I seed people, when I was seeded, you know, not even realizing I was soil, taking on this seed from this other wisdom keeper, this elder that was passing on a teaching to me, like one elder, an, a man, Martin Highbear said to me, come over here, girl, sit down here with me. And I was, I was having a hard time with the indigenous women because of look at my skin, you know. They were jealous. But, and I felt that, but it was kind of a weird prejudice, you know. And he just said, sit down over here. Oh, could you get me a cup of coffee? So I went and got, and then he just started talking to the other elder men that were sitting around him before too long, within probably 40 minutes, we had like, I don't know, 50 people sitting on the ground, sitting around him. 
And one of the things he, he turned and said, to, looking at me and then looked at all of them, it doesn't matter what gender you are, we all carry medicine. And, and we could be a Palomino, we could be a spotted horse, we'll be a black horse. It doesn't matter what kind of coloring we are, we're all power. And if we forget that power in all these eyes and all these bodies, then why are we even doing these ceremonies? We're doing them to remember that we're here. We're doing them to tell our ancestors that we were. We're doing it again. We're here to clean the soil. We're here to clean ourselves. We're here to lift up the prayers. So they seeded these. They, they, so many of them died for us to be able to do these ceremonies and have these teachings. So what I realized, you know, and maybe it was, maybe it was those almost four years ago that this all happened three years ago, whenever it was that we had this conversation and you're not the first to say this, but you were the most poignant to me. And it dawned on me a bell ring and now it's time. And in Brazil, when everything shut down, I went, I can't go do House of Flowers. I can't go and do Cutting Away. I can't, all these physical ceremonies, I can't fly. I have to, okay, what can I do? And I knew it was huge. So now I'm seeding everyone that comes in contact with, whether it's a live on Instagram, if they join a class or they have their sole purpose read, or they, they went to a lodge 10 years ago, uh, right before our lodges closed and I went to South America, a woman showed up and she said, do you remember me? My father and mother used to sweat with you. I was just a child and I need help. And I'm here to purify because I remember how I felt when I was sitting outside the lodges and how I wanted to go there all the time, but we didn't. We only went there on the weekends. And I want to feel that feeling again because I'm lost and some tragic things are happening in my life. To me, when that happens, she was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And she pledged to go on Vision Quest that we couldn't have last year. You know, so I, I, I see the need. And so spirit is giving us this vision quest in a way we weren't prepared for it. And we were, we were just done, but we didn't, we weren't saying it. Now we're understanding the grief of the impatience that we had. And now we have to grieve it. You know, so I see the power that we are more than this, that we are really a spirit bundle. We are a bag full of spirit and that needs to be, spread and cast wherever we can in the ways that feel comfortable for us, not to misappropriate, you know, not to take and do something because, oh, I know how to, I know how to do this thing. I'm going to show you how to do that. But you don't know it. You just know what you saw was done, but there's no teachings. This is why I realize spirit called me to South America. People, the indigenous people have their way. But the people, many thousands and thousands of people are following the red road with no teachings. There are people teaching indigenous classes every week and it's all out of books. And so some of them are now my apprentices. So now they understand 
Oh, that's what that, because they're having the, the difference here is personal experience. The seed goes in and it becomes, and you grow yourself in your spirit, in your light, in your medicine onto this earth or garden. You're meant to bloom. Beautiful. And with that, with what you just said about people who are called to these books and these teachings and these ways, and maybe haven't had a teacher or haven't been able to find someone to share with them the knowing, the wisdom, and the, the lineage that you have. I want to invite those people forward who have been so drawn to the red road and haven't necessarily had the access to a teacher. I want to invite those people forward into your apprenticeship, or at least to just explore the apprenticeship. And so can you share how people can get in touch with you about it? Yeah, they can write me an email um, and you, they could just directly write me at swtmedicine, like the doctor gives you, at gmail.com. They can go to sweetmedicinenation.com, which is my web page. They could go on my Instagram, same name. If they're Facebook people only, I'm under Medicine Nation there. There is a sweet medicine nation, but I don't, I don't dwell over there because of Facebook blocking me in the beginning with my weird name, but that's okay. When, when people think what we're doing is weird, it's an opportunity to educate them. You know, no sweet medicine nation is not a company. This is my name and handle my, you know, my passport and my driver's license. Oh, interesting name you have, right? But it's an opportunity when we, we walk in this way to have many roots in. So I say Medicine Nation under Facebook, Sweet Medicine Nation, you can write me directly. And there's going to be some posts put up on both. Uh, I'm just learning. I'm not technologically perfect, but I'm learning how to add. So you can go in my Instagram and there is a link in my bio. I'm just learning about these things and it'll take you over to my website and it, you can, it's a launch page that talks just about the apprenticeship program, but you can find it on my website as well. And also for wins uh, foundation, you can find information of my teachings over there too. That's my charitable organization. I've had founded and fostered through all of this. And um, we, we were doing lot, all the ceremonies, lodges in Portland, Oregon, and uh, initiations all over the world. So we'd love anybody to join. If you have questions, please feel free, reach out. And um, I don't always look at the requests for following on Instagram. So it's better if you write me and um, an email. That's the quickest way or click on the link in my bio of Instagram and you'll see it there. Thank you though for, Wonderful. for uh, bringing that up. I mean, I'd be happy just to talk with people too about it if they have questions. Wonderful. And it begins, Mar what is the date that it 
the next apprenticeship begins March. It, it, I, it, it starts on the 7th, March which 7th. is Sunday. Mm-hmm. There's Sundays and Sunday mornings so that people can get up a little late. They can go to their class, which is an hour and a half. And then they have, you know, their weekend is their own in a way. And so I, that's what the choice is um, right now. And if I have too big of a group, I'm going to split it up into smaller groups so that we have some time to also get to know one another because we will come together eventually. I mean, we're little grids right now, but I want to be able to have more contact. I'm used to doing physical things, showing how to smudge and doing ceremony, pipe ceremonies. And I want to do that again. And I'm also hearing spirits say, you will need to learn this first. Then I'll open things up for you to bring them together to learn the other part. So I'm excited and I would love you to join. And there's, you can either, it'll tell you how to um, link up with me. And I'm about to send out a second letter. So I would love to know who's going to join by the 2nd of March. So 3 is these numbers are power numbers, which I teach also. And um, there's a lot of extras outside of the class because we stay connected and I pass on teachings all the time to them. What's up? Mm -hmm. And I will chime in and say that this is such an exciting opportunity to learn from Sweet Medicine. She is so generous with her time, with her wisdom and whenever I hear people talk about her, it's something what, what they want to say is, I just want to sit with her. I just want to hear her because as you can hear in this whole recording, she's a channel. She is like the trees that we talked about earlier with the antenna of bringing in these messages through spirit. And that is, in my experience, that is one of her greatest gifts. So thank mm-hmm. you so much, Sweet Medicine, for coming to join us today. And this has been such a treat. Thank you, Carrie. And to all the listeners, you're not forgotten out there. We're all connected in this beautiful jello we call life. And I hope that I get to meet some of your cool smiling faces. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. <laughs> <laughs>